But let me talk to you about something today, okay? The church needs to know this, okay? That we have a God who is alive and active. And I'm going to say it this way. I'm saying who is alive and active, not that is. Because who is, is his, it's his identity. Man, I'm fumbling here. It's his identity. It's his nature of who he is. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, it says this. For the word of God is alive and active. Everyone say alive and active. Sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. In other words, in other words, God's word has a direct effect on our spirit, because you are spirit, okay, and our thoughts, okay, and in our flesh or our body, our physical being. God's saying in that scripture that he's going to have a direct impact in our lives. See, the moment you accepted Jesus Christ, as Lord and Savior, the moment you said yes to Jesus, the Bible says that you've been, your spirit's been renewed. You've been renewed. That what happens is the spirit comes down within your heart, makes a home in you. I mean, if you go through the Old Testament, you can see where the spirit was dwelling in the tabernacle or in the temple. And only high priests could go in there. And there is a certain thing they had to do, but it dwelled in that place. Moses, when he had the Israelites, he would go high in the mountain to, uh, to be with God. And that same spirit, when Jesus died on the cross, the veil was torn is what the Bible says. That spirit spilled all over. And I say that word spilled because you, it goes everywhere. All right. The moment you, says, you say yes to Jesus, that spirit now comes into you. And you are that temple now. So you are spirit. The Bible says the moment you say yes to Jesus to come into your life and to be Lord and Savior, your spirit is renewed. Your eternal destination goes from hell to heaven. I'll say that again. Your eternal destination goes from hell to heaven. That's good news. <laughs> That's actually urgent news. You know, I, I can't remember who it was. I I think I was talking to a men's group, uh, but I was talking about just the realms of heaven and hell a little bit, just a little bit. And they had a revelation or an insight, we'll say, of, wait, so my destination is not that, but it's this, yes. But what about my family? That's where we need you. That's where we need you. You see, so when you have the spirit of God, he says you have been made, you are renewed in spirit, and we need to share that. The destination changes course, okay? And when you ponder on the scriptures, and you memorize his word. In other words, it's called meditation, and you memorize his word. What God does is he gives you the supernatural ability to take captive of every thought. Hey, have you had a thought that you're like, man, why am I thinking this right now? I haven't gone through that like the past 10 years, and all of a sudden it's coming up. And it, it becomes frustrating, or the pain starts coming back, and you start remembering these things. And before you know it, it's like this domino effect. Or this chain reaction, and one thing leads to another to another, and we choose just to kind of continue to ponder on it. And what happens is we, we start feeling the anger. <laughs> we start feeling the sadness, maybe. And before you know it, it's affecting our mood. Maybe you're washing the dishes, and it's affecting your mood. And before you know it, you start encountering family and friends, and you're a little snippy. 
You know, hey, what's wrong? God says, hey, go back when that thought came. He says, I've given you the supernatural ability to take captive of that, to take it captive and cast it far away. You have the ability to do that when you say yes to Jesus. He, he, his spirit that lives within you, okay? And when you speak God's word and you, and you rely and you stand on the promises for your life, whether it's wealth, whether it's health, whether it's healing, and then you apply, listen to this part, his wisdom. You apply his wisdom to your everyday habits. Watch God make a direct impact in your earth, earthly life. He's going to make a direct impact in your earthly life. But can I be honest with you guys? Sometimes we don't feel that, that God's alive and active. Sometimes it feels like, God, where is it? Where are you? And typically it's the times when life gets hard. Or, or, or decisions get hard, or we don't, we don't know what to do. And we start believing these, these little lies uh, that are really not, they're not true at all. And we start questioning ourselves. We start questioning God, who's ever been in that boat? I'm doing this. Or maybe you know a friend that's going through that. Where is God? Well, if God was so good, you know, and I can't do this. And at that moment, when you get to a point where, where, where you start questioning yourselves, you start questioning God and the plan he has for you, the devil starts speaking. The devil starts speaking. And he starts saying, you can't do it. <laughs> no one really cares. Uh, you have to do it yourself. Just go away and get away from them. They're, they're, they're bad influence on you. They just don't understand. But here's the thing, the devil will try to do everything he possibly can to suck the life out of you. To suck the life out of you, ultimately to make you turn away from God in general and in the way you live for him. But let me remind you what Jesus says in John 10.10. Jesus says that the thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I'll pause there for a second. To steal, kill, and destroy. Well, what? Your relationships? <laughs> Maybe those that are around you, your attitude? Ultimately, destroy a relationship between you and God. I mean, that was his intentions back in the Garden of Eden with Adam and Eve. He was, he was causing division and destruction because he understood he couldn't be God. And that's, that, that's the nature of who he is. He's trying to suck the life out of the church. Through circumstances and problems. By the way, his power is no power uh, compared to Jesus Christ, okay? But he'll make himself feel that way. He'll make himself. I remember a story one time. Uh, my wife and I were just dating at the time, and I, and I came to hang out at her house. And uh, it, was, it was nighttime already. It's dark, and the whole family's in the dining room, living room area. We're playing games. And all of a sudden, I remember my wife, who was my girlfriend at the time. We are in high school. And she goes, what was that? What was that? And I said, what? And her mom's like, what? And the brother starts saying, what? You know, what's, and she's like, no, I saw it again. There's something going on here. And we're like, are you? What? I don't know what's going on. I got to be careful with my words. Are you? I don't know what's going on, you know? And all of a sudden, I saw something flash. I'm like, what was that? And they're like, what, what's wrong with you, Jesse? And all of a sudden, this black thing just kept going, just moving around. Some of you guys might know what I'm talking about already. Okay, this black thing starts going around, and the shadow just keeps flying around everywhere. This thing looks scary, by the way. Okay? All of a sudden, we hear, like, the youngest brother, there's a bat in the house! There's a bat in the house! 
And this bat's just like, you know how they fly? <laughs> they just do this little, little thing all over the house. Somehow a bat got into the house. And that's when the brothers and I just got together. Like, let's get this thing, man. I'll just say, let's just get this thing. I don't even remember what happened to it. Probably not good. But anyways, it was just a bat, okay? But something that we didn't quite understand or know at the time seemed scary at the moment. I honestly wanted to leave. Like, I'm out of here. There's something going on here. But when the moment it was revealed, it was a bat. Oh, let's go. Let's get it. You know, and we were able to take care of that, that, cir- that circumstance in that bat and get it out or whatever, or maybe it's in the garbage. I don't remember. But <laughs> what I'm saying is this. Until it was revealed, I wasn't afraid. The devil is going to do everything he can to not reveal the true, his true identity of him being defeated. And he'll do everything he can to expand the wings, I guess, if you want to say, and just make it look big, make his shadow look big. So we can make the decision to turn around and leave. But reality is the moment he's exposed, the moment we see through scripture and what Jesus did at Calvary, how he is conquered, how he is defeated, and that you have every victory over him. <laughs> he ain't scary anymore. He's not scary. Again, John 10.10, 10, the thief uh, does not come except to steal, kill, and destroy. Now, I love what Jesus says here. I have come that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. That's right. So the purpose, the devil's purpose is to suck the life out of us. He's trying to do everything he can to divide us from our heavenly father. But Jesus' purpose, okay, his purpose is to give us an abundant life. But his scriptures, his Holy Spirit, the spirit that lives within us, will reveal the steps that we take. They will reveal the true identity of, that's a lie, straight from the pits of hell. Because you can do it. Okay? And I, church, I just encourage you, don't allow the enemy to try to suck the life of what God's given you. He's going to do everything he can to do so. By the way, he can't because you have power over him. Now, four weeks ago, about a month ago, I was, uh, if you guys don't know, I have a covering of, of pastors that actually invest in the MENA, and I absolutely love it. I need it, the wisdom, the experience that they have. Every Tuesday, I go out there, and I, and I get invested, and that's my time just to, to like, just receive God, you know, ask questions. I'm, I got mentorship, I, you know, one-on-ones, group settings. I just, I absolutely love it. I think everybody needs people around their lives, but I have to drive to Granville every Tuesday to do that, which is totally fine with me. And now I'm driving to Granville, and you probably know uh, 44th Street, and that's where the Granville Mall, Rivertown Crossings Mall is at, okay? And I'm driving, and I have a Honda Accord, right? And I'm driving down the road, you know, and, and I'm almost there to my destination, and all of a sudden, my gas tank went from like, it's like three quarters all the way down to E. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, I'm driving, like, it's E. And I'm like, did I miss something? You know, and I'm like, no, I had gas, and I know I have gas. I wouldn't have I, I, I wouldn't have allowed that to happen, okay? Then I look at the speedometer, and I'm going speed limit, okay? And all of a sudden, it goes to zero, and I'm still driving. And I'm like, what in the world is happening? Now, let me remind you, it's winter outside, okay? Now I'm, like, skeptical about this winter thing at this moment. My heater stops working, and I'm like, Okay. I mean, it is dead silent in my car. Nothing's working. No lights are on. Nothing. But I'm still driving. 
okay? I'm driving. And I, I start panicking a little bit. I'm like, what? What in the world is happening? Like, I got, I'm driving down the road, and, you know, I'm hitting the brake. I'm hitting the gas. It's working, but everything else is not working. Then I turn to Ivan Rest, and I go up this, like, hill deal. The car starts going, and it does this on and off thing. I'm going to tell you something, and I'm going to be brutally honest. I started speaking to my car. In the name of Jesus Christ, you're going to get me to my destination. God, I know I love winter, but not this much. I'm not walking in the cold. Like, and I'm yelling, and I'm not joking. I'm yelling at the top of my lungs, you will make it. You will. People are probably looking at me. They're seeing this. <laughs> I didn't care. I really didn't care because I'm like, I am not walking. I am not walking to get all the way up there in the cold. I have no gloves, no hat. You know, I just got a simple jacket on because I'm indoors all day anyways. And I just start thinking about my grandma. You got to have a blanket in the trunk. You got to have gloves. I'm like, grandma, I don't need all that. You never know. You never know. And all of a sudden I'm like, man, why didn't I do any of that? So I start speaking to my car, and my car is like, put up, put, 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 put. And I'm not, four weeks ago, right? And here comes the church I got to go to, and I'm telling you, like, it is like the angels came. Okay, I'm going uphill on Ivanhoe. If you guys gone down that road, you'll know what I'm talking about, okay? I'm going uphill, and I'm like, I'm going to make it, all right? And I can see the destination is probably for me to that back wall right there. And I'm going, and I'm going, and it's off, poof, dead. Now I'm coasting. But remember, I'm coasting uphill. And I made sure I may have had enough speed, like I went faster. So when it died, I at least had some momentum to work with. And I am telling you, the moment that first entrance came, I just winged it. I'm like, get over. And I just made it to the entrance. And it just stopped, boom, right there. And I'm like, oh, my God, what just happened? Like, I just couldn't believe it. It was just insane. Bubba, I don't say that. I'm so sorry. I don't say, oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. You know, and it's just one of those things where, where I, I didn't know what happened. I didn't know what happened. And then all of a sudden, one of the maintenance guys comes in, and they know, I, I know a lot of the guys over there. And he comes in, hey, Jesse, what's up? I said, I don't know, man. My car just died. He's like, you need a ride? I'm like, well, let me just call the tow truck, and I'll go from there. So he's like, all right. So he helped me out. And then I'm talking to him for a while as I'm in the building now. He's like, what happened? I tell him all the things that happened, all the symptoms that went on with my car. And the first thing he says, oh, that sounds like your alternator. And a lot of you guys knew that. I didn't know that, okay, by the way. I just thought my car was just straight up dying, all right? So then I talked to another pastor. His name is Pastor Tom. And, and, and I, I told him the whole thing. And the first thing he says, oh, that sounds like your alternator. Oh, thank you. You know, I didn't know that. Okay. I talked to one more guy out there or another friend out there and I tell him the symptoms. He's like, oh, that sounds like your alternator. Okay. So then I call my wife, like, can you go pick me up? I'm in Granville. You know, so she comes out there, brings me home. My stepdad's a mechanic and I talked to my mom. I'm like, mom, can you, can you have uh, Luciano take a look at, at the car? And I told her the symptoms. My mom says, oh, that sounds like the alternator. <laughs> what? How do you know, mom? <laughs> I was like, oh, man, this is not good. This is not good at all. So I talked to Luciano, and he does the whole diagnostic and looks at the whole thing. And he says, yep, it's, it's the alternator. All you got to do is, is uh, you know, get a new one, that whole deal. Now, if you know the process of it, an alternator would suck the juice out of the battery. Okay, I was like, let me just get a new battery. He says, the moment you put a new battery in there, he's like, it's going to suck the juice and the life out of it because you're alternator, okay? And the alternator is bad. It's not good. 
I went to AutoZone, and the guy's like, that sounds like your alternate. I'm like, I know, man. I know. I got it. I get it. <laughs> Long story short, the reason why I share that is because it was, I didn't know, I had no idea the, that it was the alternator. Okay, I would have taken a different route. I said, my battery's dead. You know, let me just get a new one. And there would have been more problems down the road. And I would have just been dishing out money. But it was until people were telling me and exposing what the problem was. I share that story because so many times we walk in life being sucked the life out of the enemy through his lies. That is no power at all, by the way. We just believe these lies. And you have these people. That's why it's important to have people around you that are God-fearing, that are crazy for Jesus, by the way. Pastor Danny's that one for me, man. I love him. He blames the Puerto Rican side, but no, he just loves Jesus. He is filled with the Spirit. I remember the other day, he, I, I just come to the office, and I'm like, man, you know, I told him a couple things. I'm like, but I got this. And he goes, no, you don't. God's got this. That's right, man. And we're like, <laughs> we're just excited. I share that story again because we need to have those people around us. The enemy is going to do everything it can to be that bad alternator in your life. But let me tell you something. There are mechanics, spiritual mechanics, that know the word and God-fearing that want to fine-tune your life. Help Jesus advance the kingdom in your life. So when, when his spirit's placed in and the enemy does what he can, uh-uh, baby, I'm recharged, I'm ready, and you can't touch me. God's our main source of that, by the way. But it is so good to be plugged into a biblical church that is God-fearing. It is so good to be a part of a small group, if you can, that's God-fearing. It is so good to have people and friends and family that are God-fearing. And if you're thinking, man, I ain't got any of that, you're that person then. Start with you. Start with you. I had the privilege uh, a week and a half ago, someone invited me to a, a men's group, about eight of us. First time I'm going, I really didn't know the guys, and I'm like, oh, I'm just going to go. I'm going I'm to check it out. Long story short, a lot of these men were just looking for life, and I had an answer for that, and it was him, and I was able to share that. Now, I, I don't know if you guys watch me now, but I was, don't do this, but I was texting during worship today, okay? Let me finish. <laughs> Some of y'all are like, what is he doing? He's probably reading the Bible. <laughs> and I'm not. I was texting, okay? I'm confessing right now, okay? But the reason why I did that, and then I handed my phone to Madi because I'm like, I got to get off this thing, was because one of those men texted me during worship and was like, I just want to be reached out to. And I'm like, dude, let's do this. I'm ready. Like, I'm in a service. Let me call you in two hours. Like, let, they're hungry. Alternator's not going good right now. I want to be that mechanic and help him out. And so that's why I text. Okay, that's the only reason why I did that during worship. Because I saw the redemption power happening through my phone. It was awesome. <laughs> God is our main source. All right. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 and 21 says this. God can do anything. I can even stop right there and it feels good, right? God can do anything, you know. Far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request. In your wildest dreams. He does, he does it not by pushing us around, but by working within us. Everyone say, within me. Within me. His spirit deeply and gently within us. Say, within me. within me. 
Glory to God in the church, that's you guys. Glory to God in the Messiah, Jesus Christ. And glory down all the generations, okay? Glory through all millennia. And everyone's going to say this last part with me. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yes. That's a message translation, by the way. You know, it, there should be excitement when we, when we talk about the kingdom of God and we're able to help people. Guys, Easter Sunday is not the only reason why we, we do this, but we try to do this all year round. The reason why I, I, I'm teaching you guys these things right now is because you have to understand you have an alive and active God in your life, and he wants you to be alive and active for him as well. That's the whole reason why we're talking about this, but it requires you to get up and get out. Get out of the boat and do some things that you know are going to be impossible for you to do, but is possible because of who lives within you. It requires us to get out. Now, I have three ways uh, that would help us stay alive and active in Christ. By the way, there are way more than that, but I only have time for three, okay? We go to three, all right? This is not the Holy Trinity, you know, but it's just three things I want to give you keys and just to help you out stay alive and active. And the first one is this. Be diligent to hear God's word. What do you mean? Be diligent to be, hear God's word. In other words, find ways to get the word of God in you. Don't just come on a Sunday saying, okay, I got my stuff for the week because you will ride on empty. But every day, find different ways. Listen to teachings. Go, I mean, social media has made it so easy for us. Make it an ally. I think sometimes the church bashes too much on social media. I was one of them. I'm going to be honest with you guys. Like, man, there's so many bad stuff. But I had Matt the other day tell me, hey, there's a whole world out there that needs Jesus. Let's do something about it. And he was passionate. I'm like, man, that passion got on me. And I'm like, man, I'm going to start doing stuff on social media. Okay, I want to listen to teachings. I want to be a part of it. I want my teachings to go out there to reach the ends of the world. Be diligent to hear God's word. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 says, all scripture is God breath. Okay, 2 Peter 1.10 says, therefore, brothers and sisters, I'll add, okay, be all the more diligent to conform your calling and election. For if you practice these qualities, you will never fail. Okay, you will never fail. The only way to practice God's word is by hearing God's word. You can be on a sports team, and you can watch it professionally on, on, on TV, but the only reason why they know what they're doing on the court is because they've practiced what they've been instructed to. Okay, they have, they have a thing called a playbook, and you'll see them on the sidelines. They're going through some things. They're changing things up or whatever, but it's because of that playbook and what they've practiced they're able to execute out in the game and make an impact. That leads to victory, okay? You have commands by God that he's given you not to push you around, but to give you guardrails, to give you a parameters so you can get from one destination to the other, okay? The word will say from glory to glory. He does that because he loves us. He does it because he wants the best in this life. He wants people. Be diligent to hear God's word. Number two, be obedient the moment God directs you. The moment God says something, be obedient to it. I know when I was in Bible school, there were times where, where I had friends waiting on the Lord. Is how I'll say it. And, you know, like, how things going, we'll catch up or whatever. And they've been there the whole time because I'm just waiting on God. I'm waiting on the Lord. I remember there was this one lady 
no names, but I remember this one lady, she was out there way like 15 years. I mean, my pastor at the time, Pastor Edgar at the time, knew her from Bible school. And then a decade later, I'm there. And it was the same story. I'm just waiting on God. And, and, and it was like a sleep mode. And we recognized it, but it just never, it never did anything. You know, and, 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 and God was giving her words to do something. But was choosing, no, I'm just going to wait, I guess, for that safe route when it happens. It's not going to happen. God's going to call us to do some things that don't make sense to us at times. Because it's going to require us to believe and have faith in the name of Jesus. It's going to require us, I can't do this, but you can. If we're speaking that out, we're doing something good for God. Luke eleven twenty eight says, Jesus replied, Blessed rather than those who hear the word of God and obey it. And obey it. Obedience leads to blessings, in other words. When you obey the word of God, when you obey God's calling, and what he says, and you hear that word, and you take that direction, that first step, God's going to bless that route as you go. And the third one is, be faithful to the call God gave you. Hebrews 3.12 says, see, it, see to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. But encourage one another daily. I'm going to say that again. But encourage one another daily. We need people around us, okay? You need to be that people around them. But encourage one another daily as long as it is called today, which, by the way, it's today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Okay? We have come to share in Christ if indeed we hold our original conviction firmly to the very end. Verse 15. As has just been said, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion. He's talking about Israel at the time. But there is something that we can pull out of that. Israel... They were God's people. They are God's people. But because of a hardened heart and tough circumstances, they rebelled against God and started worshiping other things. And in a sense, we can, we can learn from that. We can learn from what the Israelites did when they bumped their heads, I guess, in a sense. That we shouldn't harden our hearts when God gives us a direction or when, when God says something in the moment or when God calls us to do something. There's a calling for us to do. We need to be faithful to that. We need to say, yes, God. Can I, can I uh, share something personal with you guys? Very personal. Okay? And I don't mean this in any, any bad way. You got to hear my heart when I say this, Okay? I didn't sign up for any of this. I didn't. I just wanted to be faithful to my calling. And God directed me to here. And I love it. I absolutely love this, this place right now. I love the journey I was on the past over a decade when I came to Christ. And I'm excited for the journey that still happened for the rest of my days in eternity. But I didn't sign up for any of this. I just wanted to be faithful. That's it. And let me tell you something. God promotes the faithful. 
He promotes the faithful. Overlook what it looks like financially. Overlook what it looks like what people say. Overlook, well, I don't know if I can do it or not. Overall, look all that. Just simply be faithful to God and the calling he's given you. Paul says, live your life worthy of your calling. Jesus, when he, when he first went to the disciples, he called them. Church, you're being called right now by Jesus. He's calling you. I'm going to encourage you. Be faithful to his calling. Be faithful. And when you are faithful, he will bring you glory to glory. He will seize those. I'm not saying it's going to be easy. There's going to be things that we have to sacrifice, things we have to say no to because I need to do, God wants me to do it this way. And it's not going to sometimes make sense. But when you are faithful, you will be blessed as you go. Everything that I am today, everything that, through my marriage, through my parenting, through, through this church, through friendships and brother and, and a son of my, of my parents and all of that, it's all glory to God. Because I can't imagine what it would be like without Jesus right now. I'd probably be doing nothing, idled, nothing. But I said yes, and I encourage you, say yes and be faithful. And watch God place that in your heart. Now, I'm going to encourage you on something. Don't be afraid to pray things out. God, I am willing to do what you want me to do. The number one thing I've heard all my, all my uh, Christian walk with Jesus was, I don't want to say that because I might be called somewhere else. <laughs> Let me tell you something. If you are called, he will put that heart in you, and you're going to be urgent to go. And you're going to know there's a need out over there and overseas. And you're going to say, God, pick me. He'll get you ready. He'll get you ready. Don't be afraid to say, God, your will be done. We picture Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. In other words, the, the, the time right before he was about to be crucified, he's in his hands and knees. And he says, God, take this cup away from me. Take it away from me. But not my will. Your will. Your will. And he knew what he had to do to save all mankind. Church, Jesus is calling you. He's calling you loud and clear. Be faithful to that calling. Accept it. Don't be afraid of it. And trust he will see you through the entire journey and forevermore. Let's go ahead and close our eyes and pray. Father, I just thank you right now, Lord for the opportunity just to be a part of your kingdom and what you're doing here, Father God. This word, Father God, let it resonate for us from here on forever, Lord. Lord, maybe there's questions we may have. I believe that you will answer those. Lord, I know those that may not know you completely yet, Father God, will come to you this moment, Father God, and will put their trust in you, Father. I thank you for this. Now, church, with all eyes closed, I want to ask an invita uh, give an invitation. Maybe this is the first time you heard Jesus Christ in, in a way that you didn't realize, wow, I can have him in my life. Yes. You see, Scripture tells us in Revelations that when, when he knocks and someone that, uh, opens a door and invites him in, he will feast with you. In Rome, in the book of Romans, he says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ, and you believe with your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior, that he is risen from the grave and is alive today, and you have him in your life, you will be saved from eternal separation from our Heavenly Father. 
but you need to say yes to the calling. Jesus is calling right now. Salvation is knocking. Who needs him? On the count of three, if you need Jesus in your life, I want you to shoot your hand up. One, you know you need Jesus. Two, you want Jesus. Three, shoot your hand up right now. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. The best decision you're going to make in your life. Now, here's a second invite. (laughs) You've been asleep. I'll just put it that way. It's time to wake up. You know you've heard the calling. Just kind of put it to the side. Or you've been waiting on the Lord, but God's been talking this whole time. And it's time to step up and say, yes, God, to to your calling, your will be done in my life. And all you're going to do is just recommit to him and say, I want you. Take over. On the count of three, shoot your hand up. One, two, three. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Hands everywhere. God bless you. God bless you over there and back there up here. God bless you guys. Hands everywhere. The best decision you're going to be making. Church, you guys know the experience of being filled by his love. Let's back them up and let's pray with them. Everyone put one hand over your heart. And we're going to mean this with all our heart. If you didn't raise your hand and you wanted to, it's not too late. Just mean this with your heart right now, okay? We would love to lead you to that salvation and to your next steps as well. Everyone repeat after me. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for dying for me going to the grave, defeating death, raising back to life, giving me the victory, ascending into heaven, leaving your spirit here, and allowing me to have your spirit live in my life. Jesus, I am sorry for all that I've committed against you. In my ignorance, in my unfaithfulness I'm sorry live in my heart and guide the rest of my life by your mercy and with my faith I receive your forgiveness I am made new I am brand new I am a child of God I'm a citizen of heaven and devil you lost me forever. I no longer belong to you. I am a child of God. In the name of Jesus Christ.